Hello, and welcome to another episode of RAN. We booked it. Today is all about the relationships in books. Specifically, the romantic ones and the toxic ones versus the healthy ones. And before we get started, make sure to follow our Instagram at WeBookedIt for updates about the podcast. We're doing, we're doing book reviews and, you know, just having fun over there as well. So... Before we get started, I do want to say uh, I did not include a lot of couples simply because I would, like, you know, in a book there's always that, like, in-between phase where they're, like, kind of starting to become a couple but they're not official and I don't want to count that because that that mm-hmm. time is never good. I mean, that, that's fair. The back fair. and forth is just too much, <laughs> in my opinion. Especially in the books I read, it's just like... This little, like, in-between time. It's just, like... I mean, I want to say it's toxic, but, like... It seems to happen a lot just because it's not communicating. But once the problem's solved, they're fine, so... True. Or, not or they just don't get together. <laughs> yeah. They just don't get together. Alright, so we're going to start off by talking about healthy relationships in books, correct? I want to start with one of my, like, all-time favorite couples... Which is Asha and Torwin from the last Namsara. I I love them so much. They make me mm-hmm. so happy. Um, cause Asha is so closed off, and she has a scar on most of her body, and it's like half of her face and stuff like that. And so she feels ugly a lot. And he just does not care for the life of him. He's like, I love you, you're beautiful. And it, it just, it gets me. <laughs> it's so Aww, cute. Yeah. There's a scene where he goes, you're pretty when your hair is down. And she's like, I'm gonna slap you. How dare you insult me? And because she, she just doesn't get it. But like, later in the book, because um, it turns out they're like essentially the, this world's version of soulmates. Like, they were destined mm-hmm. to be together by fate and stuff like that. And so you learn, like, he's had dreams about her ever since he was young and, like, has always thought she's been so beautiful. And even when she's scarred, he still thought she's so beautiful. And I just love them. I love that. That is that is good. Good they relationship right there. All the time. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to protect you. She's like, no, I'm going to protect you. It all starts with a promise to dance, and that's also how the book ends. Because they finally, because they didn't get that dance. And he's like, you broke, you haven't held your promises up to me. She's like, what do you mean? What are we doing? He's like, we're dancing, finally. <laughs> it's just so cute. And I love them. Yeah. I think they're a healthy relationship. I think from the little that I know <laughs> I I think that that sounds healthy to me um, and like I feel like it's a good thing to point out like healthy relationships can yes. have bad moments we're not discussing no. perfect relationships because those don't exist they don't exist in books yeah. and they don't exist in real life yeah. they 
But we're talking about... <laughs> well, Asha and Tormund yeah. come from different worlds as well, in a sense. Like, he's his servant, Miss Lady, mm-hmm. and she's the daughter of the king. So, like, they have disagreements on things where she's like, no, this story is a tragedy. And he's like... And, like, he's like, well, it looks like people did love this person in the story. The person just didn't let herself be loved. And so they see things differently... Mm-hmm. And they clash. They yeah. get into a lot of fights, <laughs> more like verbal. And when they don't quite trust each other, um, mm-hmm. he she gets upset. Like, how could you like me? Like, I am a terrible person. That's what I've been taught. I'm not pretty or beautiful or all these things. I'm helping you when I shouldn't be, and that means I'm tainted. And then when she mm-hmm. agrees to fight in this war, he's like, "Why do you keep letting people use you?" Like, you're more than that. It's good stuff all around. It's not perfect. Yeah. But it's healthy. Yeah. Um, I feel like Winter and Jason from the Lunar Chronicles have a very similar relationship. Um, And I discussed this in a previous episode where the Nichols knows episode <laughs> which is so fun go check that one out please which that one got dropped on Valentine's Day and this one's getting dropped like what two weeks three weeks Sometime later <laughs> yeah so a little bit late on the um love theme but yeah, so I think Winter and Jason have a very similar relationship where they've, they do come from separate worlds. Winter is the princess and is held in high esteem even after um, she gets a scar from her older sister, Lavana, who's jealous of her. And she wears this, this scar with pride and um, doesn't view herself as any less. Whereas Jason, he's like, his family has grown up protecting the royalty and has been on the royal guard. And so they're kind of like childhood best friends. And when Winter goes through um, an event in her life, she decides she's no longer going to use her lunar powers to manipulate people. However, when you do that, you begin to go crazy. (laughs) Um, and so slowly over time, she experiences things like hallucinations and goes through things that don't exist for anyone else except for her. And throughout that, um, Jason has never been anything but supportive. When she made her decision, I'm, I'm sure he thought, well, that's probably not the best thing to do. Um... Because, you know, it puts her at risk and hurts her. But he supported her through the, throughout the entire thing. Whenever she was having a nightmare or, you know, like, imagining something that didn't, didn't, didn't exist, he was always there and comforted her to the best of his ability and helped calm her down. And I thought that was a very good representation of a relationship. Mm-hmm. A healthy relationship. <laughs> that sounds like a sweet relationship. 
Yeah. It's also like childhood best friends, right? Yeah. They kind of like grew up together. I guess another kind of like sweet uh, relationship. I can't I can't go off of that one quite as long as you could. But uh, <laughs> I'd say Jude and Cardin specifically in How the King of Elfheim Learned to Hate Stories. Which takes place after the main trilogy. Mm-hmm. But like it's cute to see them more mundane aspects of like them in their lives mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also them as a couple like there's and it's all from Cardin's perspective so there's a scene where they're watching a movie at Vivi's apartment and he's got like he's propping his head up with one arm and the other is like around Jude and it's just like he's like I don't understand what's happening but like I'm here and I have Jude and it's just kind of like it's really cute and I think the ending is really nice too because like she's like Mm -hmm. he goes to do something and tries to play the hero and she's just like you you're stupid you have iron poisoning and he's like maybe (laughs) I don't know and (laughs) maybe I think like because there are little extras in the version of the book I have as well so like because there are illustrations in Mm -hmm. this book and the illustration is like Cardin kind of leaning against Jude because he is iron poisoning and um, her supporting him trying to get him back and like but there are two other versions of that uh, end illustration and one of them is like him looking just fine and the Holly Black the author goes I'd like to think this is how Cardin thinks that went that he was fine and he was supporting Jude more than she was supporting him and Mm -hmm. I really like it I really like the relationship, but I think specifically in this book, because it's after all of the main hardships of the trilogy, which kept them separated and put a lot of stress on their relationship, I liked this one because it just showed like them being a bit more um, mundane, even though one of them is a fae. <laughs> I just, I really like it, because especially okay. you get to see Card's perspective, and Jude's perspective is always like, ugh, I'm attracted to him. But his is like, yeah, <laughs> man, how did we become the king and queen and married when by all means we should be enemies? And I just, mm-hmm. I really like it. Yeah. Um... I don't have a good segue for that. <laughs> um, but I did want to discuss Simon and Blue from Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, or I love Simon is the movie. Um, they meet, I think it's either over email or over like their school's <laughs> Tumblr. <laughs> Like, they just meet online some way, somehow. And, you know, they start, like, talking to each other. And that's how their connection starts, is there are no identities involved. It's just the honest honesty of each person coming as they are and bringing who they are to the table. And... Um, when Simon is outed to the school, um, Blue is 
and he figures out who Blue is, it's it turns into a very supportive relationship. It's not like one person turns away from the other because like ah, so gay. <laughs> it's just like um. at a loss for words here. <laughs> it's supportive. And the friend group is supportive as well. Um, I don't know why I'm struggling to talk here, but... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a really big thing to support. I, yes, exactly. Um, especially when... Simon was outed with malicious yeah. intention and that is that is always whether or not the intention that's just wrong um and so to have not only his eventual boyfriend back him up but have his friend group back him up is I think a very healthy representation and it doesn't always happen in real life but I think I like that the author decided that's the, that was the way to go. Like, <laughs> I think it was the right choice as well. Yeah. I I saw yeah. the movie, so I don't know. I'm sure it doesn't all translate to the book, and that the book is way better, of course. Um, but I think that's mm -hmm. it's definitely the way to go because. It's not always supportive in real life, so why not make it supportive in this book? Why not make this world that you can control be a little bit better and give hope? Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So my last couple for a healthy relationship is Nor and Talon from Crown of Coral and Pearl. And this is more specifically towards uh, the end of... It's a duology, so this is towards the end of the book. Um... It was like Kingdom of like Sea and Stone or something. Um, mm -hmm. And like they like had a pretty like rocky start to their relationship because of like the events going on around them. Because Noor was supposed, was engaged to be married to Talon's brother. Not by her choice, really. Um, so there's that whole thing to navigate. Um, then she tried to kill his brother. There are reasons. There are reasons. So then she was on the run. Because mm -hmm. she thought he was dead. He was not. So there was, like, a whole bunch of tension. And Talon was going against, like, his whole country to support not only this girl that he liked, but also, like, his sister. Um, which is a whole other point, which... We don't need to talk, talk on, because that doesn't matter to this. But at the end of the book, when the conflict has finally mm -hmm. been settled, and, like, the dust is cleared, um, Nor is still stuck with this wanting to travel the world. And previously in the book, Talon had been like, yeah, when we get married, and that, like, made her freeze up, because she wants the freedom to travel the world, because she's been isolated on this small island, she wants to explore, she wants to learn, and so, like, she really struggles with that, like, in her mind, like... I want to be with Talon, but, like, I want to be free and stuff like that. 
And, but that, I, mm-hmm. what really, like, makes the relationship is, like, at the end, she finally talks about it with him, and he's like, you go. I'll be here. And that's just, like, the sweetest thing. Because, like, even though they won't be together, no. and they'll be doing completely different things, like, he understands, like, not to hold her back from what she wants to do. Because they're they're both very young. Do not hold anyone back when they're like that age. <laughs> She's like seventeen yeah. or something. So it's just the understanding that the two have for each other. Because she doesn't expect him to leave his life for her, and he doesn't expect her to leave her dreams for him. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. I, yeah, I like that too. Because I think oftentimes in media, it's it's depicted like this other person has to give something up in order to be with their loved one, um, especially if in a romantic way. Like in the Hallmark movies, it's always that that girl with the big city job and she's the one who gives up her big city job to move to the small town with this guy and like that's great if you want to do that but I don't know I don't think relationships should have to like be forced like you shouldn't have to be forced to give up something in order to make it work so I, my last book for the healthy relationships, I wanted to talk about Kath and Levi from Fangirl. Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. And I really like, love this book. (laughs) Every time I think about it, mull it over, I feel like it's a good representation of my own journey through like college. So she just graduated high school enters college and her twin sister is like woo party life I'm going and like rejects her and gets a room separate from her even though throughout all of high school they did pretty much everything together so immediately Kath feels very alone she uh, she feels very awkward and weird and anti-social and can be antisocial at times um, and then she meets Levi, and he's kind of, like, her opposite of, like, very outgoing and bubbly and just isn't, like, just is nice to her, couple. even when, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just nice to her, even though it's very, like, you can clearly see she's uncomfortable, isn't quite feeling good in her own skin and he's just supportive of her um throughout the entire book she writes it's um she writes fan fiction for a book like a book series and the book series is very clearly like a Mm spin-off of harry potter (laughs) which i think we've discussed before and then the author went on to actually write Rainbow some Rowell of those books, the which is a carry-on 
Yeah, which is the Carry On trilogy. Um, and so even through her like nerdiness, he's he's there for her, and like never once judges her. Never once like he feels a little bit dejected. I think at points when she originally rejects him and you know she's trying to navigate what <laughs> her feelings and like this new college life and i don't know it's just i, I can relate which <laughs> i think is why um it strikes me so much because i've been that person in college who does not know what they want or doesn't feel quite confident enough yet and so just to have someone who's nice that's Aww. really all you need right <laughs> that's, cute. that's just so. like a sweet simple relationship and that sounds nice yeah exactly but it's time but <laughs> that this isn't just about the wonderful, healthy relationships that we all love to look back on. It's about the toxic ones, mm -hmm. too. The ones that, like, actually it is. can be a driving point of the book, and sometimes it infuriates you, but yet you still read. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I would like to start with Mark Blackthorn and Emma Carstairs from Lord of Shadows. Because they fake dated. None of it was ever real. And <sighs> Emma did it to get Julian to try and stop liking her. But Mark didn't know that. Because mm -hmm. if Mark had known it was hurting Julian, he would have never agreed to it. So Emma started a fake relationship with Mark off of a lie. Well, she didn't lie, but she withheld the, all of the truth. Yeah. Right, so, right. Yeah. It was not good. And as soon as Mark found out, like, oh, this hurts Julian, he said, I ain't doing this no more. Good brother, good brother. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... That's a good, like, middle ground kind of thing. Like, it's not yeah. the most toxic thing. Oh boy, it could be worse. <laughs> it could be so much worse. But <laughs> but that is a very good example of, like, you can go into a relationship with good intentions, but if someone withholds something from you, like that, that's not a true relationship. Like you, you, you got to be yeah. honest with each other and be upfront. Otherwise, like it always comes back to bite you. Well, another thing is Mark wasn't sure who he had feelings for at the time. He was torn between a few different people Yeah, as well. yeah. So Mark's kind of running away from his own <laughs> so problems by hopping into this fake relationship with Emma. Yeah. It was, it was all, um, it was a relationship that not only was fake, but it was an escape for both of them in a sense. So, even though it wasn't a real yeah. relationship, it's still, it was a toxic relationship in the fact of, like, they were tricking all of these people, 
and hurting people, even if they didn't. Mm -hmm. Well, Emma did kind of mean to, but like it was for good reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, in that same vein of Cassandra Clare. Oh, if you hear. Oh, yeah. So I thought Clary and Jace was a good example of a toxic relationship. And they're not toxic throughout their entire relationship. And there are some things that were out mm -hmm. of their control. Um... But it's kind of one of those, like, on again, mm. off again a little bit. And again, it was, the, it was the, the things out of their control because at first they're like, hoo-hoo, you're an attractive shadow hunter male, and I am just coming into this world now as a woman, <laughs> confused, and <laughs> a lot's going on, and apparently this is part of my family question mark and then yeah so there's like this deep instant attraction between them and then they're told oh yeah what? you guys are siblings and so <laughs> um i think that definitely contributes to the toxic aspect of it because they're still attracted Sorry, to each other certainly does not like the <laughs> Yeah. Comment. You and all disgusting. She's like, Jason and Clary aren't related. Like, if I said that, and then Sarah's like, but still. But still. Exactly. Um, so, circumstance kind of made it a little bit toxic, but it was it was one of those like. You can't have me. I want you, but you can't. And... I'm rolling my eyes. Ugh. <laughs> I know, I just, like, no words for it. Um, And then they end up getting back together when they find out they aren't I'm actually, actually they related. So relieved. <laughs> and, like, I, I get that. I would be, too. And also, like, events in the book are making it so, neither, like, they can't just sit down and process yeah. what it's the like, heck is, is going on. Like, Clarebach. everything is so fast-paced. Yeah. Like, the world isn't helping, but, I don't know. It just, the on again, off again, and then rushing back into it a little bit is rough. <laughs> so... Yeah. I can keep going with the Cassandra Clare books. Let's talk about oh, Emma Carson <laughs> and Cameron Ashdown from Lady Midnight. <laughs> These po this poor boy Cameron. Emma mm -hmm. Emma went through a lot of like I think a lot of her life before she finally caught on to like her parents' murder started. Like, the case for that started to, like, pick up again, and she could investigate that. I think, um, a lot of it then started to come from, like, before that she was bored. 
And so Cameron was just kind of there. Right. And they were on again and off again. And... Yeah. I th- she recently saw Cameron in the book I'm reading, and I think he put it best, I don't think we should date again. And Emma said, oh, <laughs> definitely no. That was, like... Yeah. that And that was, like, her original yes. relationship, right? Okay. When you start Lady Midnight, she is dating Cameron. But you don't know that until she breaks up with Cameron. Okay. Over phone. <laughs> You can do better, Cameron. Mm. Yeah. Emma, you could do better, as in, do better, honey. She will once (laughs) this curse is lifted. (laughs) Yeah. See? So, uh, did we cover the Cassandra Clare enough? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's plenty more examples, but... (laughs) We don't have enough time for that. (laughs) I don't have anything. We honestly don't. Um, Now to pick which one I want to talk about next. There's some, I guess, some good ones. Um, I feel like just just to get it out of the... (laughs) Out of the way, Edward and Bella from what? Twilight. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Who would have guessed that when you analyze this relationship, it would be toxic? I mean, if Never you watch would've. the first movie, Edward's Never first reaction to seeing Bella is basically it looks like he wants to throw up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's pretty much how I imagine it in the book, because. <laughs> the scent of her blood is just too tantalizing. There are a hundred other tempting. people at that school. Right, literally like a hundred other people. And you get horny one time. <laughs> and a new girl just happens to walk in. Yeah. Yeah. What, what? Poor luck you have, but really, it's the they're okay. It's it's it, it, passable. It's passable at the beginning of the series. We do find out eventually that sometimes at night he watches her in his well they're while she's sleeping. Creepy. They're not even together at that point, are they? That it. Yeah, that's creepy. I don't, don't do think that. so. It's it's no. not good. And then you know big stuff happens and she ends up in the hospital which homegirl ends up in the hospital a lot that's another thing but you know and he says he's there for her and he ends up running away from her and breaking off the relationship and so and then that's how the love triangle starts because then she like kind of turns to jacob but not even really not even, he never not even really. They're, yeah, you never had a chance. And then they end up back together. And it's all because, like, he just changed his mind. He decided, yeah, I guess I, I could do it, I guess. And It's exhausting. 
like I can't decide if she could do better or if she really does deserve the relationship because she's not going to do anything for herself. Should should I overanalyze <laughs> no, this? No. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> My brain has too much space for Twilight. And <laughs> uh, it's really not a rant episode if I don't mention <laughs> Twilight and bring up a bad aspect of it. It's true though. Yeah. So, yeah, not good. Um, <laughs> Adam, I don't think we need to say anything else. <laughs> All done. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, I'm going to go to Sev and Howl from Last Star Burning, which Sev doesn't, I don't know, Sev's not really interested in Howl at first because she's got another guy that she's interested in, but then things happen and of course they're kind of like forced together, so like they're always together, so like... They do, like, kiss. They're not, like, ever officially together. And then Hal betrays her. Mm -hmm. (sighs) But, like, it's so strange. Because even though I haven't read the second book, I did that thing where I look ahead. So I know that she is attracted to him more than the other guy. But, like, at the same time, he betrayed her. And, you know, like, I feel like that undermines, like, any kind of friendship they had or relationship they had. It's just kind of like, what was your goal the whole time? If it was just to turn me in and let them kill me. Like, what's the point of, like, you getting me out and not having them take my blood and all this stuff if you're just going to turn around and literally let them suck me dry, essentially? So, yeah. It's just... Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't good because it was already like reluctantly they have to be together, and it doesn't work either if you kind of look at it this way, where she's thrown into this new world in a sense of like she doesn't know the people or the way they live, and she's not as experienced as these people and what and everything they've done, but he's been there for years. So like. Because, like, when they ask her, like, oh, come, we need to take your blood, she's like, okay, and then he's like, oh, no, don't do that, actually. Because, like, he knows so much more than her. He's manipulating her. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. That's a no from me. At least from in this book. I haven't finished the series. Yeah. Another relationship that I wanted to talk about was Tess, Tessa, and Harden from After, which never read the books, never watched. I've seen the movies. The movies or anything. Watched them over vacation together to laugh at them. (laughs) <laughs> I would too, honestly. <laughs> I was like, man, this is based off Harry Styles, but um, like Harry Styles is really likable, and Harry Styles yeah. in this movie is just very unlikable. 
Yeah, he's a bad yeah, boy with it's issues. Not, uh, not worth it, my friend. It ain't. Yeah. She had a perfectly good boyfriend before, <sighs> and yet she chose that train wreck? I don't know why girls have to be self-destructive. She gets one ounce of freedom to go off to college. <laughs> I mean, you have to make Not mistakes, but badly. still. That one, I feel like, was pretty obvious. So, yeah. I don't know if Harden is, like, the driving force of why it's so he toxic. Over here. This is... Harden yeah. keeps... He'll, he'll be there but, and then he leaves. But then he comes back. But then he leaves again. But then he comes back. Yes. And that... That is the definition of... Like, that is... That is like, toxic why don't, why don't to me. Like... <laughs> Solve your drinking problem. <laughs> yeah. So that way, every time you have a fight with your girlfriend, you don't oh, go and get a... drunk. Ugh. It also moves way too fast. Oh, I'm sure. Like, he's, like, apartment sitting. Yeah. And he's, like, come apartment sit with me. And they just, like, live together for, like, while he apartment sits. I don't like that at all. How long have they known each other? Not long enough. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. And I'm reading this article by Screen Rant. So, I have a true wow. unbiased source here, I'm sure. <laughs> and it's... I'm reading this, and he has a double standard when it comes to Tessa. Uh, convinces Tessa to be friends, throws things in her face when regarding her feelings, and then after a steamy moment at the lake, he changes his demeanor when his two friends join them at the diner. Oh, yeah, that's in the first movie. And, mm-hmm. Okay, and while it's okay for Tessa to be seen with him, Hardin asks her to leave and pays attention to Molly. Which was someone he would hook up with, I think. Mm. And then Tessa makes it clear that she has a boyfriend and then Holden gets jealous when he made it clear he didn't date. What the heck? <laughs> I want you, but you can't have me. Oh, I hate that. I hate that so much. And then poor Tessa is just like trying to see the good in people, apparently. But Harden, he got a short mm -hmm. fuse. Let's talk about the moment where there's a moment where they're like, okay, we're not together. Mm -hmm. We've, like, the, broken up, taken a break, whatever they're doing. But, like, they're friends. But then they're just horny for each other. So they're like, oh, no, friends with they're benefits like, we're not gonna thing? sleep together. We're just, like, friends and, like, I'm here right now. And oh. it's just like, Yeah, I don't like that. Oh, and he gets so jealous. Jealousy is fine to a point. Mm-hmm. But you cannot... 
You can't be so jealous that you walk away from the person yeah. and just, like, don't talk to them for a certain amount of time. Right. Jealousy is something to communicate about. Like, yeah. I think that's one of the big things in the toxic relationships is people aren't communicating with each other. Or just look at all the healthy ones and the people communicate with each other. You're withholding information. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> They're definitely toxic. Should not be together. Also, he... Yeah. Manipulating her feelings, like, no. big no-no. No. Any sort of Walk manipulation? Away. Nah. You deserve Walk better. Bye! No. Bye-bye. Bye. bye. <laughs> um... I have one that's real manipulating, actually. Let's talk about Jude Ooh. and Locke from The Cruel Prince. Locke was already... He was, like, the one person that was nice to Jude. Like, one of the few fae. It was like, oh, yeah, I'm nice. And he, like, acted like he, like, took an interest in her. And, like, they were together and in a relationship for a short while. And then at the coronation of the next king he reveals and like but at the time like um Jude also knew that Taryn was in some sort of relationship but like he was doing something and then it turns out that Locke was in a relationship with Jude and her twin sister Taryn at the same time but he got with Taryn first <gasps> and then said, no. like, I need to put you through a test to see, like, how much you love me. And then, like, got with Jude for a time. And Taryn had to deal with that. What? That's yeah. messed up. Bach is a terrible person. He's the definition of nice guy. <laughs> he acts nice because he wants something from you. Torment of something. Um, I forget which book it is. Um, but, um, it may have been how the king of Alpine learned to hate stories, but like, um, uh, Nicasia that's how you pronounce it is talking to Cardin saying like oh yeah he's with one of the humans like to Locke that Locke is and he's like which one and she's like does it matter and that's I think another character reiter reiterates that at some point being like I think Jude asked like like how did he know or like like that he was throwing rocks at someone's window and he's like how do you know it was mine and I think the character went like mm -hmm. I don't think he cared who it was it didn't matter if it was Taryn or Jude oh. first. The it would have played out the same. Oh. So yeah, that was not a good relationship. Hmm. Mm -mm. Yeah, no. Not at all. Don't like that. It is not good. Good thing they break up. <laughs> After he kind of chooses yeah. Taryn over her. Well.
speaking of breaking up, I have Juliet and Adam from Shatter Me. And this is interesting. So they kind of have like an okay relationship. They're really the only reason they get together is like because of shared <laughs> trauma and like they knew each other in school before she got locked away in prison for almost I mean, a whole year. Like, think of Cassie with Ben. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just like Mm -hmm. comfort, reaching out for someone, some, yeah, something that's familiar and comforting because, like, there's a lot going on. And then she decides Adam is too safe. Oh my gosh. And breaks it off. And at this, I think at this point, she's having feelings for the the original antagonist. Who we find out later is his brother. The roller coaster. <laughs> the roller coaster. Um, and Adam doesn't oh, I wonder take it why. Well. He. It's not nice to be called the safe option. Kind of. Yeah. Because at least because it's constantly <laughs> associated with also the one that gets rejected. Yes. That should and... be the case. Like, I, underst- I understand her, but at the same time, just being on the outside of this, I think, like, well, don't you want the safe option? Because you could die at any it's moment. It's like, the safe option is also the option that might provide you with the healthiest <laughs> outcome. This is true. He was nothing but supportive. However, he did baby her. And I think that's part of the reason why she was leaning away from it. Um, which I can understand, like, oh, you're a fragile human who just, poor you, I will do everything for you, I will save you, you're the damsel in distress, like, I get that, that, Mm -hmm. that's grating, that is just, because she has to eventually (laughs) grow a pair and get past all of the bad stuff that's happened stop stop feeling sorry for herself like she needs to gear up and gain a little bit of confidence and he he was never going to help her do that he was only ever going to you know with good intention help her but that wasn't going to help help her grow but he doesn't handle the breakup well and like it's not like he begs for her to come back, but he kind of like states it and has everything, everything with her relationships. The theme is we're going to no. argue in public. <laughs> we're going to make sure everyone knows Juliet's personal relational drama at no. every single point throughout the you series. You have a villain to be fighting, sir. It's so Discreet is kind of what you need to be. Exactly. As if this yeah, poor and like girl at, doesn't have enough going some on. Points, all of her dirty laundry is being aired out. Exactly. Exactly. And uh it's it ain't it ain't great. He he doesn't handle it well. She doesn't handle it well. And like I, I am glad that they Clearly, broke it, it off. Clearly it needed to be done, but like, <laughs> oh my gosh. 
it needed to be done but he is he because he's so angry about the breakup he like tries to tell her what he, what she should be doing this is a good tell and though. Like, she's this like is a good red flag that no. you know she might not have been able to see the relationship so yeah yeah so it's a sign that she's at least on the right track should she get together with the older brother who's the original antagonist don't get together with your ex brother <laughs> probably not I mean, I'm sure you can. Oh there are times where it's fine, but like not right now, not in this book, not you, Juliet. Right. And uh, also, like, I don't think relationships should be thrown into the mix when you're trying to like get stuff done, because because of the breakup, like it causes a riff in their like team dynamic and like everything's awkward now and so it's just another oh, thing just to like deal with Fitz and Sophie. I didn't put them in here because like they never had a relationship they were secret they had a secret relationship for like a few days and mm-hmm. then they broke up because she wouldn't find out who her- <laughs> she wouldn't find out who her biological parents were <laughs> and he got mad and then they were awkward and they were mm-hmm. like I just want to go back to how it was and they're like okay so they're friends now right So yeah. But my final one. This is the ultimate mm-hmm. toxic relationship. This is Locke and Taryn. Specifically, um, from the Queen of Well, actually just the entire series. <laughs> the Folk of the Year series. There's toxic. First book, Taryn <laughs> literally lets Locke play her sister. And she lets it happen and she knows. Mm. It's her twin sister. I'm shaking my head over here. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Let me tell you, Taryn is worse than the Fae. <laughs> but, um, the second book, they get married! She marries him! <gasps> She's 17! She's <gasps> 17! Good lord. She chooses to marry... The dude that he watched play her sister. And you know what happens in The Queen of Nothing? Taryn comes to Jude Mm -hmm. asking Jude to pretend to be her. Because she murdered Locke. Taryn murdered her husband. And needs Jude to lie about it. Which risks Jude because Jude is in exile. And she thinks if she goes back to Fairy, she will be hunted down and killed. And to top Mm. it all off, Perrin is pregnant with Locke's baby. And she knew she was pregnant. And he knew she was pregnant. But she didn't trust him. So she murdered him. (laughs) What? There 
there's more to it. Like, oh my word. Locke is not very monogamous. Monogamous? Is that the right word? Yeah. He's, mm-hmm. like, he, I'm sure he's sleeping with other people. And Taryn knows that, but she's like, I'm the wife. Idiot. Right. And that's why you murdered your <laughs> husband. You're like, so stupid. Stupid. You didn't even get a ch- chance. <laughs> Ugh. I mean, someone needed to kill Locke. It needed to be done. I'm like, oh boy, howdy, Taryn. No. Just no. That's like the ultimate, like, toxic relationship. I don't think I've read anything worse than mm-hmm. Taryn and Locke. It was bad from yeah. day one. People be crazy. I don't know what happened with that twin. Something went wrong. I mean, Jude is a bit of a homicidomaniac at time, but, like, I don't know what went wrong with Taryn. She's so rude. She tried to get into a sword fight with Jude. I'm like, Jude will impale you. <laughs> but, yeah. Don't get in a toxic relationship. It does not make for a good book. Yeah. It's, it's spicy, spicy. But Why is it, this it's hard spicy? to watch. <laughs> <laughs> drama. It's drama. Oh, get downstairs. <laughs> you become yeah. that character. That's what happens. <laughs> You know that character. Yeah. <laughs> you know that character. We all know that character. Don't be them. <sighs> be the main character, but... Yeah, not that one. Not, not that, that one. This is a love triangle. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Moral of the story is read the books with healthy relationships. Don't. Mm-mm. Yeah. Especially not the better. Um, don't idolize relationships in books. Yes. Communication is key. That's what we've learned. Um, um, know, learn to think for yourself because... If they leave and come <laughs> back and leave and come back, toxic, cut it off. Yes, yes. We've learned some good green and red flags today, everyone. But... Thank you for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, Remember to follow us on Instagram. We interact a bit more over there. um, So we seem more human and like we actually have lives. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At least I think so. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Gives more to the disembodied voices you listen to. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. more flavor. (laughs) But, as, as for, for now, now, we, we got to book, book it. it. And we can stop right there. <laughs> <laughs>